0: I say to you, my people, worship me with whatever you have in your hand. You think, but I have nothing. I don't have anything to offer. I can't sing. I can't preach. I can't even pray. Oh, no, 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 says our Lord. You have me in your heart. You can praise me with your Mouth. I put my spirit in you when you accepted me. Let it come out of your mouth and praise me. You have a mouth. with my spirit, with love. Speak in love. Reach out with love. Reach out, I say. Reach out with love. Praise God. Praise God. So a few weeks ago I told you that I had heard that successful pastors Never read more than three scriptures in any one sermon. I'm telling you the honest truth. I heard a different pastor last week say, it's two, not three. I flunked both of those. So I'm telling you right now, we have a lot of scripture, and I know it's getting a little late. I'll try to get through this, but I believe that this is a message the Lord would have us to hear today. And Father, I do ask the presence of the Holy Spirit that is so sweet and so palpable in this place this morning. Lord, that you would lead the way through this message and anoint it to our hearts in Jesus name. Amen. As you know, there are two covenants. In the old covenant, in the Old Testament, God established his covenant with Israel through the tribe of Levi which was one of Jacob's sons, that the priestly order would come through the order of the Levites. And he set Moses' brother Aaron as the first high priest from the tribe of Levi. And within this priestly system, God needed to use mortal men as the mediator between himself and the people. And a few of the roles, this this first part's kind of a review, if you can hang in there with me. The few of the roles that the high priests did was to first offer sacrifices to prepare themselves to meet with God. Then they brought sacrifices to prepare the people to meet with God. And they were charged to protect the presence, the Ark of the Covenant that was inside the temple, inside the Holy of Holies. And they were to bear the burdens of the people before the Lord. They were to officiate the many, many offerings that was that were established within the Mosaic Law, including the burnt offering, the meal and the grain offerings, the sin and the guilt offerings, the peace, the heave, the drink, and the incense offerings, just to name a few. And one of the garments that God had Moses make for the high priest was the ble- breastplate that went over the outer garment, where the pockets for the urim and the thummim, thummim were built into that uh, breastplate, and it was hooked on. If you remember, we talked about this a couple of years ago with blue laces on rings on the top of the, uh, on top of the shoulder piece there. Exodus 28 verse 9 says, "And you shall take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the son of Israel, six on the one side of the stone and six on the other in accordance with their birth order. And Exodus 28:30. You shall put into the breastplate the judgment of the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be over Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord, and Aaron shall carry the judgment of the sons of Israel over his heart to the Lord continually. Another of the duties of the high priest in the Old Testament. We can read about in Leviticus chapter 16, verses 7 through 10. I'm already over three, so sorry. And he shall take the two goats, the two scapegoats, (coughs) excuse me, the, the one scapegoat, and present them before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Aaron shall cast lots, that's the Urim and the Thummim, and one of them will be for the Lord, and one of them will be for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell, and offer him for a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord, and to make atonement with him, and to let him go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. In other words, this was the way that God chose. One of the the goats would be slain for the blood sacrifice. The other would carry the sins away from the people, take them away, signifying the release of the sin from the people. It was a beautiful covenant that God established But if you read just a little further in Leviticus 16, you'll see that there was an inherent problem within the system. Verse 11 in Leviticus 16. And Aaron shall bring the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, and shall make an atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bullock of the sin offering, which is for himself, in verse 12. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals from the fire, from off the altar before the Lord, and his hands full of sweet incense, beaten small, and bring it within the veil And he shall put the incense upon the fire before the Lord, and that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is upon the testimony that he die not. Is that not a bit of a problem here within the covenant? So through this system, God had to use sinful, fallible, simply human means and try as they might to be good, Even the high priest had to ensure first his own cleansing from sin before he could offer for anyone else. And I would say that today, this very practice is still wrought with the same same problem that it was then. There is no way that a sinful, fallible man can take my needs or my sin before a just and a pure and righteous God and get redemption for my sin it just can't work if you would turn to the book of Hebrews we're going to look at three scriptures in chapter seven are you with me so far Because in in the 7th chapter of Hebrews, we're going to read about a much better covenant. Starting with verse 11. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it people received the law. What further need would there be that another priest would arise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no one gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning the priesthood. So who is Melchizedek, and what is this order that is spoken of here? There are only two passages in the entire Bible that talk about Melchizedek. One is in Genesis chapter 14, and one is here in Hebrews, but he was a VIP, I assure you. In Genesis chapter 14, Melchizedek, verse 18, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, which was Jerusalem, brought forth bread and wine, he was, the high, he was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And he blessed the Most High God, which had delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And Abram gave Melchizedek tithe of all the spoils that he collected from defeating the kings." So why is this important, you might wonder, because at least seven times in scripture, Melchizedek is shown to be a type of Christ, and I'm only going to cover a few of them, not not all seven. In his genealogy, Melchizedek was from the tribe of Judah. Scripture makes it very clear that Christ was not a Levite, but he was from the tribe of Judah, as was Melchizedek. So it draws conclusion that in genealogy, they are alike. And in this Genesis account that we just read, Melchizedek didn't offer blood sacrifice, as did the order of Aaron. But his sacrifice and his blessing was like that of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Melchizedek blessed Abram with bread and wine which, of course, points to Jesus breaking the bread at the last Passover with his disciples just before he died. Melchizedek is a priest forever. In the Messianic Psalm 110, verse 4, speaking of Jesus, we read this, the Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You, Jesus, are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So Melchizedek was greater than Abraham. Almost the entire seventh chapter of Hebrews talks about the greater status of Melchizedek's priestly order Over that of the Levites. And as we read in verse 11, if therefore perfection were able to be wrought by the Levitical priesthood, there would be no need for a higher order, that of Melchizedek and the Lord Jesus Christ. So Hebrews 7.13 gives us the reasons For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, the tribe of Judah. And no man, Moses never mentioned any man in the the books of the Bible that he wrote from the tribe of Judah attending to the altar of God. And for it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah of which Moses spoke nothing But God changed the priesthood and the law with Jesus. There was a period of 1,767 years between Melchizedek and Jesus. Real, still in Hebrews 7, verse 18. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw near unto God. I want to read that verse 19 again. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did. And by the which we draw near unto God. And inasmuch as not without an oath, he was made priest. For those priests, meaning the Aaronic line in Leviticus, in the in the Levites, were made without an oath. If you recall, if your father was a priest because you were a Levite, your station in life was going to be a priest. This is how Aaron's sons. Aired away. They did not take an oath of heartfelt need to teach and preach and work and have service for the Lord. They had sin in their heart that was uncovered, and God took them out of that lineage for that reason. They did not take an oath. But this priest was made with an oath by him that said unto him, and this is Verse 21, Hebrews seven twenty one, reiterating what we read in Psalm one ten four. This priest was made with an oath by him that said unto him, The Lord swear it and will not repent, for thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And by so much was Jesus made of a surety of a better testament or covenant. So many different priests were required because they were subject to disease, sin, and death. But this better than Melchizedek, this king and this high priest, this Jesus, has an eternal and unchangeable priesthood wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeth he liveth to make intercession for them. Everything that the priest did in the Levitical line was temporary. It could, it could take care in the system that God established of a sin right now But it could not do anything about eternity until Jesus came. And for such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Who needeth not daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people's For this he did once when he offered up himself. For the law maketh men high priests which have infirmity. But the word of the oath which was since the law makes the son who is consecrated forevermore. And that would be enough, wouldn't it? If it was just that enough or just that about Jesus, it would be enough. But don't you know that Jesus bestowed this title upon us? If you look at 1 Peter 2, 9, what does it say? I know you could quote it. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And this is how we, who have accepted Christ and have had this title of royal priesthood bestowed upon us, will rule and reign with Christ himself during the millennial reign when he comes back to rule in Jerusalem. As Michael wrote on the, on the sign outside, I wish it were on both sides so people going both directions could read the same thing. Jesus is coming again. Are you ready? Mm. We've taken this oath to follow Christ. We have the title. He gave it to us. And we are waiting now for this return. The, start, the clock of our rule with him. And because of Christ, our title is also eternal. Finally, one last thought. Lest anyone think that this is all too high and mighty. Hebrews 4.15 tells us exactly what kind of high priest we all have. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. This high priest does not have to cleanse himself first before he can cleanse us aren't you thankful for that I certainly am if you would stand with me in closing I'm going to tell you I can hear brother Watson singing this song with that guitar that he had you all know how much I loved him how much he taught me, and I loved to hear him sing. He sang this song probably more than any other song he sang. The Lord gave me beauty for ashes, for sorrow he gave me joy. I was sad and oppressed, but he exchanged it for rest and a peace that the world cannot destroy. I traded my sins for salvation. I traded my load for relief. I got peace for my condemnation and the joy of the Lord for my grief. I traded my life that was wasted, a temple to dwell in God made out of me. I got so much more than I had before. I sure got the best of the trade. How many can say that this morning? You took your heart, you took your sins before the high priest, before our God and Christ, and he was able to exchange it for all the good things that he purchased for us. Father God, we love you so much. You changed the system. You changed the priesthood. And you changed the law that says, now if we bring our sinful soul to you, oh, your son's once and for all sacrifice will erase it and take it away and bestow upon us that title of eternal royal priesthood to dwell with and to rule and reign with our high priest oh we're so thankful today lord we're so thankful that you set this new system and this new law in place and that we have found him and that we got the best of the trade. Oh, how thankful we are, Lord. How thankful we are for your presence here with us today. God, I pray for each one. As the weather is going to be treacherous again this week, I pray, oh, shabakato soyabaki. I pray your hand of protection. I pray, Lord God, your peace and your face to shine upon us as we go forth from this place, Lord. We are marked by the light of Christ in us. Be with us and be in us, O God, in a profound and greater way this week as we leave this place. In Jesus' name we ask it, the name of our great high priest. Amen and amen.